the Jeep Talk Show. Now, two episodes a week. What? Two episodes? Okay. Yes, that's right. Two. Are you excited? I'm always excited when it comes out on Friday. It's actually a go-to podcast that I can actually listen to while I'm heading over to work or on my way home. New episodes every Friday and early Monday morning in time for your commute. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, Josh, my uh, my hat got so sweaty from uh, the uh, Jeep Talk Show event. I've ha- I'm having to get an old uh, xjtalk.com hat to wear tonight uh, while the other hat's being washed. I think we need to buy some uh, Jeep Talk Show hats if no, if for another reason, so I'll have them to wear on recording night. You know, yeah. just, you know, be with the time. <laughs> All that hey, sort of stuff. Hey, we've been reaching out to you guys, asking you to uh, share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends, families, coworkers, uh, random people in the bathroom, anywhere, just anywhere, damn it. Uh, I don't care where, just let them know. Uh, especially if you see somebody duck in your Jeep, let those people know for sure. But anyway, uh, the, it's real simple. Just go over and, and uh, friend us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, when we make a post, just share it. That's all you have to do. I mean, it's fine if you want to, I don't know how you do that in the bathroom, but don't hit me with all these details. Uh, just, just to share that stuff, that'll be the easiest way. And we'll have more fun and a lot more people in the Zoom room. Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or just thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle, ready to hit the trails, or that daily driver that is also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. That's where it's all at. What's happening, Jeeper? I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be sharing just one more reason why the Wrangler is better than the Bronco. And we've got some bragging rights to share with the Grand Cherokee crowd, a whole bunch more stuff coming up, so stick around. Howdy, it's Wendy, and have you ever been on a fire lookout tower? Well, coming up later, I share what that was like for me. Hi, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. On the next episode of Jeep Life, Old Man Winter is on his way, and it's time to get your Jeep ready for winter. I will share my winter prep tips with you. So I'm Tony, and I have a top the top five ways to identify a, that the Jeep isn't a wheeler. So when you see a Jeep with something like this on it, you'll know it's not a wheeling Jeep. Oh, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And this week, at least today, is International Podcast Day. It's September 30th, which just so happens to be today as we record this episode. International Podcast Day is an international celebration of the power of podcasts. The celebration is a great opportunity to connect with fellow podcasters, podcast listeners like you, podcast enthusiasts like you <laughs> and of course to connect with other fellow podcasters and and that sort of stuff and other people around the industry uh the jeep talk show the world's most downloaded jeep related podcast has been turning out weekly episodes for over 10 years between tony and myself we have published well over 700 podcast episodes in one form or another since we met over a decade ago so what are two veteran podcasters like us doing to celebrate international podcast day while hosting the world's top jeep podcast not a darn thing. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> oh, wait. That's <laughs> had too no much idea. information. <laughs> I had no idea this was going on, the, the lack of pants or the, the fact that this is an uh, international day of celebration. Josh, Josh listen, I'm going to tell you, it's probably been happening a lot longer than just today, okay? <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, I even gotta, though I, I see Tony on a weekly basis, at least through video, I, I, it's pretty much you, from the waist up. I got a fan uh, under the desk. So. <laughs> no, but I, I thought even though it wasn't really Jeep related or anything like that, it's uh, it's a it's a point of interest, uh, more or less, and it's something that I've I've got at least you know point out uh, that you know we've been doing this for a long time. There is a, an actual uh, holiday, if you will, uh, related to the whole art of podcasting or uh, the industry of podcasting, and and uh, well, it's sort of something that we probably should be doing, but we're not really participating in any way, shape, or form. 
Well, for those who have been Grand Cherokee fans over the years, you may have a strong opinion one way or the other about the newest version of the Grand Cherokee. No, it's not the L model either. I'm trying my best to what keep that L? ding out of <laughs> this week. Jeep for a change. No, Jeep has finally launched the uh, the short wheelbase Grand Cherokee in a 4XE flavor that has proven popular with the Wrangler buyers. The newest Grand Cherokee in the 4XE trim is not only the most efficient version of the model, but also the most powerful, using the same 2-liter turbo inline-four engine and hybrid electric drive system as the Wrangler 4XE. You get 375 horsepower and 470 foot-pounds of torque combined with this system, which is actually more output than the Grand-optional uh, Hemi V8 option. Now, here's something that we've learned to take with a grain of salt. Jeep claims the electric range of the Grand Cherokee 4XE is also a bit higher than the Wrangler version, a claimed 25 miles of EV-only range to the Wrangler's 21. I suppose we can probably attribute that to the fact that the, uh, well, a cow is literally more aerodynamic than a Wrangler, so it makes sense that the stylish Grand Cherokee with a lower drag coefficient moving down the highway would have better efficiency numbers. As with the three-row Grand Cherokee L, the two-row Grand Cherokee gets a pretty great-looking interior. Now, if you haven't seen any of the latest images of Jeep interiors, well, you need to check them out. Jeep has really stepped up their game uh, as far as interior goes over the last couple of years. And the latest offerings in the premium line of Jeeps is at a whole nother level from what we've seen in the past. But this is, after all, still a Jeep, so it must have some degree of off-road capability, right? Well, Jeep says that the 4XE can ford 24 inches of water, even with a high-voltage battery pack slung underneath of it. And if you opt for the Trailhawk model, you also get electronic sway bar disconnect and electronic limited slip rear differential, which for anybody in the know, instantly makes the rig far more capable on the trail. The base model Grand Cherokee Laredo will start at 37390 with a V6 and limited spec, while the top-of-the-line Summit Reserve model starts at just over 63000 with a Macintosh audio system and 21-inch wheels. 4XE pricing hasn't been announced yet, but the hybrid package adds almost 12000 to the price of a similar spec Wrangler, so expect a decent bump to the GC price to get the hybrid package. I need to uh, do a Photoshop of uh, one of these uh, these Cherokee dash dashboards with the old 1980s Macintosh, right where the stereo is. Because I, I guarantee oh, you, every screen, time, yeah. the majority of people, <laughs> every time you say Macintosh audio system, they're going to think, what? Yeah. MIDI audio? What? I mean, what do we wouldn't need the Apple 1980s? Yeah. Oh. The, so it's like, Mick, it's like Macintosh or something. You know, Macintosh, yeah. I probably put a little bit of a, of a long A in between that M and the C. Yeah, uh, but yes, it is Macintosh. It is not an Mac. Apple audio system. Not that it wouldn't not be great at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, for some people. Well, I'm not a huge Ford fan. I've really never made uh, any secret of that. Never really have been. And I can appreciate the heritage of Ford and what they did in the past for the muscle car scene and all that. But lately, it seems the Blue Oval just can't get things right. The first batch of Ford Bronco owners began noticing the first set of problems almost immediately after taking delivery. Due to a serious lack of quality control with the molded color matching hard, hardtop roof, Ford is replacing every single Bronco's roof for free of charge to the customer. What? The roof's functionality is allegedly fine, but there is an unsatisfactory appearance when exposed to extreme water and humidity. So, in other words, if you own a Bronco, the first time you take it through a car wash, your top is ruined and it looks like crap. <laughs> Way to go, Ford. This process is going to be expensive for Ford's bottom line. That's no argument. And the slim profit margin on the wannabe off-roader is probably going to get chalked up as a loss when the yearly sales audit comes around. The embarrassing hardtop debacle that Ford has created for themselves will, of course, cause even further delivery delays, which customers are already feeling anxious about. Now, I've got to be honest here. I think Ford is doing the right thing by their customers by fixing this on their dime, not the owner's. But you may be wondering why I'm talking this much about Jeep's main competitor. Well, Jeep and its parent company, Stellantis, have been closely monitoring Bronco, uh, Bronco sales and studying the vehicle itself to get an understanding of what the Wrangler's closest competitor really has to offer which in every comparison that I've seen isn't much. Isn't Jeep much. CEO Jim Morrison relishes a good fight, but also the chance to poke fun at a competitor, which he did in a major press release just this last week. Now, speaking to the Detroit News at a recent event sponsored by Jeep, the executive had this to say regarding the Broncos' roof issue. It's going to rain on Saturday, so I don't think there's going to be any Broncos here this weekend. <laughs> Morrison further pointed out that 
Even after the Bronco Sport was launched last year problem-free, its Jeep Wrangler rival has since managed to achieve three consecutive business quarters of record sales numbers. Last wow. May was the Wrangler's best month ever, thanks to mainly the now-sold-out Wrangler 4XE plug-in hybrid variant. Ford can keep trying, but it's clear there is only one production vehicle that is ready for anything and everything off-road, as well as something as simple as a drive through car wash. And it's got nothing to do with a blue oval. So, you know, you got to figure in one of the 37,000 meetings that they had through the design and uh, talking about what needed to be done with the, the Bronco, that not once did somebody say or, or follow up on, uh, is uh, Bill and Quality Control going to be doing the, the water testing? And, yeah. and how, did, how did that come out? Was it okay? Because uh, he was really fighting for uh, that watercolor base paint that they were, uh, they were wanting to use. So, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know what happened. <laughs> well, That's and, amazing. Uh, and well, and here's the other issue I see. So that's great. They're going to recall and they're going to fix them all. Well, when are they going to get the parts in? If it's like any other vendor right now, getting stuff off the water into the ports into their hands is going to take even longer. So sorry, Bronco people, you're going to be having a crappy looking roof for a while. I mean, right. And to do it with any kind of expediency would obviously cost more, uh, yes. which is just to take away further from the bottom line on this. Now, remember, I mean, most vehicles are, are operating on what a four to six percent profit margin. You know, when every, after everything's all said and done from the point of manufacture to the point of sale, that's all there is in these things. And so when you have to do something like take the entire line of Broncos, every single last one that was sold and replace the roof on it. Yeah, Can't even imagine. that's going to yeah. hurt. Except in the desert yeah. areas. Desert areas, they don't, uh, they don't care. <laughs> it's, yeah, well, it's normal. Say, you know, the first you know, flash flood, you know, that big rain that comes through maybe once every three years. That, that Bronco, <laughs> <laughs> I missed out on the, on the recall, dang it. No, it's, this is an embarrassment of epic proportions. And I don't think this is something that the, that the Bronco crowd or Ford even for that matter is going to be able to live down. Well, hey, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we'd like to hear what you have to say. Be sure to let us know by phone or by email, actually. You can head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to get the phone number to the show or the email address to reach the hosts. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, fire lookout towers are very typical in our area of the mountains in San Bernardino National Forest. Josh, I'm not sure if you have them in Oregon, but we see them perched high atop a mountain peak throughout the mountains. They not only provide a great viewpoint once you get up to them, but they are essential in helping volunteers identify and spot smoke in an area which is usually a fire that's just started. They are normally manned by volunteers of the Forest Service, and their sole job is to look for any signs of smoke and report to the Forest Service of any issues. In the past, you used to be able to rent the tower for a few days, and you could volunteer to be on the lookout. But they've stopped that program due to staffing and COVID issues for now. The towers usually provide little in the way of comfort, just a bed, maybe a heat source, and most have no electricity or water in the tower. And the toilets are usually pit toilets, and they're all downstairs off the toilet, off the tower. Well, we got to visit one of the lookouts on a recent easy trail run we did. The Morton Peak Lookout is situated in the southern region of our mountain range. You get a 360-degree view of the surrounding mountains like Mount Palomar, Keller Peak, Keller Meadows, Keller Cliffs. By the way, who is this Keller guy? Well, turns out they're all named after Allie Keller, born in 1868, who worked for the Forest Service. Now, there's other areas like Mill Creek and all of the San Bernardino Valley. I love when you can get clear views with no restrictions and see all the roads, people, and city and valleys below. The views are spectacular, and on a clear day, you can even see the ocean and all the way to the, to the Catalina Island. Now, on our run, the drift smoke from the Northern California fires were ever-present and made it difficult to see very far. Now, Morton Peak is one of seven lookout towers in our area and is also at one of the lowest elevations at just under 4,700 feet, but it's positioned perfectly to keep watch on the southern mountains and areas. It was originally built in 1934 and was destroyed by a fire in 1959. Now, the tower was rebuilt in 61, but it was closed in the 70s. In 2001, the tower was refurbished and put back into operation. I'm glad it's back and open for us to see. Climbing the steep, narrow stairs isn't for the faint of heart, but the views will make it worth the trip. I can tell you that jeeping has taken me to places I would have never thought about going. 
This is one of those places that I would see at the top of a peak while driving, but never thought I could get there. Having a Jeep gives me a way to venture to new heights and is a reminder that I'm so lucky and grateful to be able to visit some amazing places. So grab some friends, check on some local trails, and explore more fun places with your Jeep. Now, Josh, I'm sure you have these towers in your area. Are you able to get to them, or can you only hike them, and have you checked them out? So, uh, at least according to my latest research, there's a total of 17 of these in the state of Oregon. I know of about oh. one or two personally. Uh, I do so know of a few more. That, wow. Yeah, in the whole state. Uh, I do know of a few more that you can hike to, um, but I've been to a, a couple of other towers. They're not necessarily lookout towers, but I mean, as far as fire lookout towers on top of a hill in the middle of a national forest. Um, mm -hmm. There are some repeater towers around around the area. Uh, one particular is in a little town called Carver, um, and Carver is a, is a very, very small, very rural town, very, very wooded, very forest-like, uh, and it's very hilly, uh, and uh, as is much of Oregon. And um, on the top of this hill, there is a EMS repeater tower, uh, typically the fire, uh, uh, medic, you know, medical and police right. have these big repeater horns up there that um, receive and, and amplify signals, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um Back, <laughs> this is about 20 years ago, uh, this was, you know, obviously pre-9-11, all that sort of stuff. There wasn't even so much as a uh, chain link fence around these things. Uh, and so you could get up relatively close by virtually any vehicle. And uh, as, you know, young kids would do, uh, you know, out past curfew and, and probably a few too many adult mm -hmm. beverages that we had uh, illegally, uh, we would climb these towers and just hang out at the top of them looking out over... Uh, you know, several cities worth of land, uh, you know, uh, several hundred feet above the uh, above the ground. Uh, very dangerous. Not a single tie off or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> one single slip and or fall, and and it was dead. Right. There was no yeah. living through this sort of thing. And of course, it took you you know forty five minutes of climbing just to get up the dang thing because uh, it's so high up in the air, and you're going one rung at a time. And wow. and so yeah yeah I've been to st stuff similar to what you're what you're ex uh, what you experienced or what you were looking at uh, but just in a slightly different flavor. Now here in Oregon, at least as of 2019, all 17 of the fire lookouts um, that are official, you know, fire forest lookout towers, ca actually can be rented. Whether or not they oh, okay. still can post COVID, I don't know. But as of 2019, yeah. um, the uh, the major newspaper here in the Oregon metro area, uh, Portland metro area. The Oregonian um, has reported that uh, these were available for rental. Now, again, like I said, uh, at post COVID, I don't know if they still are or not. Uh, but yes, yeah. they they do have them here in Oregon, and yes, you can rent them. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. the The space I, I put a picture in the show notes if any listeners want to look at that. But it's kind of interesting. It's a basic square, um, and there's a bed in one side, and you know, there's equipment, and there's fire lookout stuff, and there's uh, radios and all sorts of different things. It's windows all the way around. Um, and it's pretty neat. And then it has a narrow sort of walkway as you can walk all the way around all four of them. But it was just a fun Which little trail. It was, at all. I mean, yeah, no, not at all. Like, mm -hmm. You know, 16 inches of metal grate underneath of you, maybe. uh, you know, yeah. and a, and a handrail that, uh, may be questionable at best. Yeah, yeah. no, I, the, the first, uh, first yeah. glimpse of that, of that picture you said, I was like, did she get inside to get access to an air traffic control tower? You know, cause I, right. I really wasn't, you know, digesting the image completely. And I'm looking, I was like, wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. And like, oh, okay. I know what that is. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, do you know, uh, approximately how tall the one you were at, uh, is or was? No, I'd have to, Ooh, I don't know. If you look at this one picture with the Jeep in it, kind of measure from there, it's, it was quite a few steps. Uh, oof, didn't think to might figure be, that out. I it don't might know. be 25 feet. It's not, uh, you know, to the base. It's not that high. So we have, yeah. uh, some ones in Oregon that I would say are anywhere between twice to three times that tall. Wow. They're, they're a bit of a climb. Um, and now this is just for, for the co-hosts. Uh, maybe I'll grab the link and put it in the show notes too, just so you guys, uh, can, can also, you know, play along. Uh, with some great podcasting here, <laughs> uh, I shared a link with uh, with my co-host uh, through through back channel chat that um, is a link to all seventeen. Uh, you can see the images, what they look like inside, the amenities, um, and their wow. rental windows as well. So you can see all seventeen of the fire lookouts in the state of Oregon. Uh, I will grab that link and make sure it's in the show notes so that you listening can play along as well. Yeah, we, we have a couple of other ones. One of them is uh, blocked. We had a pretty bad uh, slide from snow that took out the trails to even get to the tower on one of them. 
So we're still working with the Forest Service to get that trail reopened to be able to get up there. But they're just neat. I like when you're up that high and you can actually see forever. I mean, it was sad that we couldn't on that particular day. But I just thought it'd be nice to share with people that that's what's up there in some of these peaks and really only accessible by Jeep. I mean, I suppose you could take a regular vehicle up it. You know, the roads aren't that bad, but you have a chance mm -hmm. to um, get out and venture and see stuff that's all around that maybe with a regular vehicle, you're thinking, I can't get up there. So I just wanted to share that with everybody. What about a Bronco? You think a Bronco would make it? Mm, <laughs> I think the problem would be the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The trees now, dripping uh, when, on it. <laughs> Wendy, are, are there more of these that you are going to be uh, searching for or tracking down? Are you interested in, in, in finding more of these and, and staying at them or, or at least, you know, checking them off a list? Um, we, we talked about doing, I think it would be fun to stay cause you're completely out in the middle of nowhere. There's no light, there's okay. nothing, you know, you're pretty much camping on your own, but until they open them up, we really can't do that. And then, like I said, the one, the other one that we want to go to in our area is uh, blocked because of major road damage. So I don't need, oh. they won't even let you walk to it. So Jeez. that's kind of a pain. That dangerous. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty bad slide that they had in there. So one day. But yes, if we get back up to it, I'll I'll do a segment on it because it's that one Way even cool. has better views. Yeah. So, all right. Well, do you have a topic or subject uh, suggestion for newbie nuggets? I'd love to hear from you. Check out our YouTube channel at Trails Four One One for great content with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. Wendy, do me a a, a favor. Uh, tap on your microphone. I just want to make sure. Yep, yep. Is it there? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. This sounded a little different than usual, so you know, it, it may just be me. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. So tonight I'm going to talk about something a little different, not Gladiator specific, kind of like Jeep specific, I guess, though. So you may have already heard some of these that I'm, uh, <laughs> and I may have already bitched about some of them from time to time. Uh, I just want you to understand it's not your mission in life to do what I like, but it's my mission in, uh, in life to let you know what you should do if you want a great experience off-road. Here are my top five ways to identify a Jeep that isn't, is not, set up for off-road uh josh wendy you guys jump in here as as you uh as you feel <laughs> okay. the, the the calling to do so okay too much wheel this could be width but right now i'm talking about height a 20 inch wheel might look good but what are you going to air down uh, for uh off-road running a 42 inch tire on a 20 inch wheel then sure airing down will help the traction airing down a 33 or 35 inch tire on a 20 inch wheel Nope, sorry, you're not going to be ready for off-road. Not No, we happen. actually heard a, a real-world example of this recently when uh, I was at Road & Track. Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the big uh, you know, automotive publications took out a new Land Rover, a Bronco. Oh, and yeah, a TFL trucks. And yeah, <laughs> the the uh, the Land Rover, which you would think, okay, you know, they've been around for a while, they know how to go off road right. and all that sort of stuff. It had twenty inch wheels. Uh, now, granted, it did have the off road package, which was, I mean, lackluster at dust, best. Dust filter, uh, I think, is what that was. Yeah, <laughs> some some mild traction tires. Uh, I, I don't even think they were barely uh, all terrains. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it didn't even make it past the first obstacle. Uh, tore open the tires oh, yeah. uh, right off the bat. There was no airing, airing down because there was virtually no sidewall. Um, yeah, you know, like Tony said, they look great, but off-road, not so much. Yeah, you see that on a, on a Jeeper's vehicle. They don't know how to set up their Jeeper off-road. Now, it's possible they have another set of wheels and tires at home, but come on, let's get real. Number two, not rock sliders. Yep, this would include that Tupperware steps uh, like comes with the Sahara, you know, those plastic things. Uh, or even the all-metal uh, ones that you uh, may have seen that have steps hanging six, uh, four to, uh, six inches uh, down below the rails. You know, we Those lift are our Toyotas Jeeps. mostly. <laughs> we lift our Jeeps to put on big tires to increase ground clearance. Why the hell would you put something that hangs lower to decrease ground clearance? I I've never understood that. It makes no sense. But you know what? If you will with me and you have them, I'll make sure they get ripped off. No problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, I, 
you don't see too many of those on the trails out here in Oregon. We've got we've got too no. much elevation change, too too many yep. you know rogue roots and and big rocks and stuff. Us I mean, too. Yep. You know, it's all about the breakover, uh, really uh, here in Oregon. Uh, you know, yeah, approach angle and departure angle. That's one thing, but breakover is where it's at here in Oregon. And uh, low hanging steps like that absolutely ruin it. <laughs> I, it's, Bye-bye. Yeah, it's just not. I mean. And, and people do dis, uh, are, are have a uh, disservice done to them because they see this on, on Jeeps. They see the pictures online. They see them uh, at the mall or, or I don't want to be hateful, at initially, not necessarily at the mall, but driving around. And they go, oh, that looks good. I like that. I like the way that looks. And, and, and they don't know. So uh, this does sound like an attack, a personal attack, but it isn't. This is something uh, that uh, that we're trying to do to inform oh, you. Oh, it's science. Yeah. It's science. We're following oh, yeah. science. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it's physics. <laughs> it's, physics. <laughs> it's not quantum it physics. physics, but it's physics. <laughs> so number three, 1,000 watt or greater sound system. No one, and that includes me, wants to hear your crappy-ass music on the trail. And they certainly don't want to hear your panels vibrating. <laughs> Besides, how many watts do you need to listen to a podcast? Am I right here? Am I right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, I, th- I think we could all agree with that. I see these Jeeps set up with these mega. What are this? What is it called, Josh? Uh, you, you were in the audio uh, auto industry for 150 years. What was the thing called? Where you have all these speakers in the back seat, uh, all mounted up really high, so you can bring uh, open up the the tailgate or something and blast that, his music out. Just, yeah, that's just a custom sound system, man. I mean, you all know, right, it's, it's not. A it's not, not called a tower. Or anything. Out, yeah, no. no it's, okay, it's, it's so I see like stuff that. like that on a Jeep. Oh, well, that's gonna help it get up that that lip. No. That Ledge. <laughs> it's because they have to compensate. Oh, gee. Okay, here we go. Number four. Speaking of compensation, number four, halo lights. At least this won't hurt your Jeep off-road ability, but it may keep you from getting your Jeep to the destination without a ticket. In many state laws, it says white or yellow front-facing lights only. Oh, Your yeah. multicolored halo lights is money you could have spent on skid plates or anything mm-hmm. else to help in your Jeep's, Jeep's off-road ability. Yeah, this is a big one here in, in Oregon. It's, it's an absolute no-no to have anything other than yellow and white facing forward. And I see a lot of vehicles, not just Jeeps, running lights or accent lighting or anything like that that's red blue green you know red and blue are an absolute no-no i mean the state patrol is going to it probably make you take your lights for sure uh you know and you have to get towed away that type of thing uh here uh but you know but so anything uh you know other than yellow or white yeah that's that's i mean and i'm sure that's the way it is in a lot of states too yeah definitely in texas now number five you guys are going to say I wonder if he's going to mention the thing that he really likes and put this on this list. Well, damn it, I am. (laughs) Off-road lights that are brighter than the sun. Now, unless you're leading Jeeps off-road, these are a waste for off-road use. No one will want to be behind you on the trail with those godly bright lights uh, well, I guess if you have a raccoon in there, you can see up a raccoon's asshole uh, with these lights on. <laughs> Fortunately, they have a switch so that you can keep them off unless needed in an emergency. I've stated many times that I love the bright lights. I love the technology. I like wiring them up. I like having that ability to do so. But mine primarily, or, or the thought is tropical storms and hurricanes, if for some reason I find myself out uh, during or after an event, I need to be able to see uh, any debris that's there or put down power lines or, or telephone poles and so on and so forth. So that's uh, the, the justification I have for it. But, but honestly, the real reason I like it is that it's just so cool. I love bright lights. Uh, well, so, the thing is for leading a trail at night, a really dark night with no moon, the only one who should have those bright lights on would be the leader if they even need it. Right. Sometimes it's nice to not have lights and let your own eyes do the the, the uh, viewing i mean it's bright lights actually distort a, a real night a nice night run but sometimes they're okay but it's a waste if you're the lead jeep or you're somewhere in the middle and the guy behind you has his bright lights on forget it you're gonna get out and have a fist fight <laughs> oh yeah it's ridiculous yeah, if you're in the middle of the pack in the back anywhere else but but you know point, no. then, then yeah, you, yeah you shouldn't be having it yeah uh but, but same, same thing myself, but now, that yeah, being said, I will say they do come in handy for recovery situations. Absolutely. When somebody Absolutely. Gets that emergency 100%. Bar. It is very handy to have a couple few vehicles there 
on scene. <laughs> no, sorry, all of them. Seriously. They're screaming. Like, this is what this is what I live for. I knew it was going to come more. this day. One more, bring it in. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm, if, I'm here. If we could have one more Jeep, not just four, but five for this. We could recover. Yeah. Josh is walk, walking over to the person in the Jeep. They're recovering and, and poking him, going, "Nope, he's not done yet. We need some more light time on this guy." <laughs> <laughs> oh, the skin's almost it. crispy, yeah. guys. Yeah. Here. Anybody got a about. <laughs> so now I could have mentioned Angry Eye Grills, but you know, you're new. Oh, you should you have, have. You have time to come to your senses. <laughs> no, we have to tell them. Seriously, do not waste. I don't. I do not understand the angry eyes. I don't get it. But it but makes Wendy, you look stupid. I'm sorry. But Wendy, <laughs> oh, think sorry. of it this way: if if they get stuck, they could use it as a recovery. One of those recovery slides. They pull it but off and just put it on the not- tires and. Now they got traction. But it's not, it's never really looked good. They don't do the rest of the setup to match the angry eyes. So it just looks oh, funky God, like don't, it's disjointed don't, or something. Don't, don't even encourage them. <laughs> it's, just, it's just horrible. Well, so, they're new. You know, they have to think about it. So, so I think you've already started, but where did I go wrong on this uh, this list? What did I forget, Wendy? No, I, I think you hit them just about right. I'm, I'm not sure no, there was a, anything else, but... Yeah, that's a good list. Josh, yeah, Josh any, anything from you? Know. You think of anything? Uh, I mean, I could probably nitpick on of a course. couple of things. Sure but, you could, know, man. I mean, no, you said tall tires. I'm, I'm gonna, you, and you mentioned kind of wide would fit as well. That, that's a big thing out here. Is a massive, massive offset. Um, you know, just almost no backspacing <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Uh, you know, and just nothing but li- you know uh, a lip on that on that on that wheel. Um, and then you you know you wrap them with you know rubber band tires and sure they're a mud terrain but they're like a forty series mud terrain and it's just it's ridiculous you know it it has yeah. no place um, anywhere in the Jeep world I, I know look if that's no. if that's your flavor you're into the street Jeep thing or you know all that and you're you're just dropping boatloads impacted buttloads of cash onto your Jeep for making it look like this well. You know, more power to you. You're, you know, you're you're spending, exactly. you're making, uh, you're making it uh, how you how uh, you know, making it yours. You know, all that sort of stuff, right. and uh, you know, helping out the industry and all that sort of stuff. But you are pay- basically taking an off road machine and you're cutting the legs off of it. Yeah, uh, and, and that, that that's a that's a no no for me. So you know, I, I see these frogged out, stanced out jeeps uh, rolling around here, and and I just got to shake my head. It's like, no, guys, well, come on. And and to just piggyback on that, it's all the accessories like. You've never gone off-road. We can see that, but you have all these things. You have just accessories all on the oh, outside. Oh, no, I'll, I'll give you an example. There, there's a guy <laughs> I see almost at least twice a week, uh, and I see him out, out, out here in the area um, by where I work. And he's driving down the freeway. I, he's always going the opposite way as I am. And he's got one of these Jeeps that, okay, this person has spent well in excess of 60 grand outfitting their jeep to make it what wow. you know how they want yeah it's got yeah. a lift yeah it's got some off-road tires he's got some uh, really impressive suspension stuff going on in there and and then and then it's like virtually every bolt-on piece of thing <laughs> that can change the profile of the jeep so we've got we've got like the eyebrows you know over the windshield and and like the a pillar armor the b pillar armor you know all these crazy like riveted on panels and stuff like that there's more rivets on this thing than an entire truckload of levis and it just looks ridiculous and and it's just yeah. like yeah i can tell that that you know you're going for a look but that right. jeep has never set foot off pavement in its life no. you call and it never will you, you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to risk all that all that stuff that's hanging off of it no, now you spent i, I want to make money on it. i want to make sure that that you guys are clear on this the listener out there is clear on this it's your jeep you bought it exactly you do, you do oh. exactly yeah, these guys what, are picking on me you do Wait, exactly what you want to do to your jeep but what we're here doing is letting you know uh, that you know number one if you have your jeep uh, set up uh, this way that we're just that we're uh, saying that you should have it set up for off-road then you can go around looking and seeing these other jeeps now with new eyes you'll see oh well that there's no re- reason there's no off-road reason for that 20 inch wheel that's just for looks there's no reason for those drop down uh, steps uh, it's just for looks because somebody else did it so you'll be able to identify and I'm not, I'm not telling you to go over there and say something to them I'm just letting you know that these are the people oh oh. that in an emergency situation flooding or earthquake or whatever else do not follow them because they're not going to make it hey <laughs> 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 I guarantee you you may not have time Winter's to air coming. down you may yes. not yeah, you may not have time to air down but if you set your Jeep up uh, for off-road it may save your life. 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. So that little promo was uh, uh, done for us or helped out uh, with, with us by Chris uh, from 7 And normally I would call all you people rat bastards that haven't become paid subscribers. But this time I'm going to tell you uh, just a big thanks to Chris for not only doing that promo, but uh, he does our show notes uh, every week. And uh, he came out and ate a lot of beaver nuggets at uh, the, the Jeep Talk Show off-road event. Uh, he just does a lot for the show and we really appreciate it. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just received a letter from the FCC complaining about some of the obscene language that is being used specifically in Josh's Tech Talk segment. I've got a clip of it. Let's give a listen. Before it hardens completely. As you're not going to want to go too deep, the things that are all pokey. And my favorite. Crack that goes all the way through to 11 inches. Josh, get your mind out of the gutter. And that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that Wendy, my lovely wife, not the lovely co-host, although my wife can be the lovely co-host, or the lovely co-host can be my wife. I'm not really picky. But we've been happy for 20 years. And then we met. And that one's going to cost me. All right, boys and girls, you have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs> Every now and again, we love you, Nikki G. Uh, oh yeah, no, much love for Nikki G. <laughs> Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo! Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at JeepTalkShow.com. You must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Oh, we got one for you this week, too. Louisiana-based Oracle Lighting has been designing innovative lighting products and technologies for the automotive 12-volt power sports motorcycle and marine market since 1999. Oracle's philosophy is this. In today's world of fly-by-night vendors, they think it's important to partner with a, a company that you can trust to be there for you today, tomorrow, and for years to come. We featured Oracle products here on the show in the past, and we currently have a request out to them for an interview on the show. But this week's must-have is one of Oracle's newest releases. It's the first patent-pending flush-mount LED taillight system for the Jeep Gladiator JT. These also just so happen to fit on the Wrangler JL, too. But you better be prepared to just empty every pocket, because these sweet lights are going to cost you a whopping $399.95. Protruding out significantly less than the factory taillights, however, this ultra-low profile design avoids damage while on the trail or in the rocks. Because of the nearly flush wraparound design, the the lighting can be visible from virtually any rear angle, making it a unique, albeit expensive, solution for the Jeep Gladiator's lackluster rear lighting. These lights uh, provide improved LED lighting features, including high-powered reverse lights and signature perimeter lighting. In addition, the plug-and-play design integrates seamlessly with Jeep's optional cross-traffic sensor, which can be swapped directly over from the factory assembly and easily installs into the Oracle lighting taillight housing. The reverse function has been upgraded over the OEM lights by incorporating 12 high-powered LEDs into each of the designs for enhanced rear illumination. If you got in on the pre-orders, well, they will begin shipping in October of this year, 2021. New orders placed will ship in December of 2021, so I hate to say it, but if you are thinking these might make a perfect Christmas gift, you may want to order now. I like the look of these. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense uh, in the the Mm -hmm. design, like the way it should have come from Jeep. Now, I will say this, though, that uh, you actually mentioned something that I was going to bring up because I did not think that the uh, uh, collision avoidance system would be able to be used with these, uh, these taillights because I remember reading that the, the taillights on the Gladiator were specifically designed, and, and the LJ, uh, or, yeah, LJ, 
uh, were specifically designed that way so they could have those sensors sticking out far enough so they could see the lanes, basically. So it's interesting that you can, uh, uh, they, they took this into account and uh, you, don't, you won't lose any features uh, if you have nope. that uh, lane change assist. Lights on in the dash. Yeah, nothing, uh, nothing lost as far as function or safety goes. All incorporated, which is something that uh, the other manufacturers can't say, at least at this point. I think that might be part of what uh, the the patent pending design is. So uh, $399, just about 400 bucks, let's call it. Uh, oh, it's 400 that's, bucks. Yeah. That's it's, a steep. It's all at 400. Yeah. No, it's so, like, Nick, what is it, Josh? 399 with nine nines after that? Yeah. <laughs> nine so, yeah, nines. It's a, it's a steep price tag, but man, do these things look sharp. Oh, yeah. And, uh, they look fabulous. Yeah, compared to how much the the factory ones stick out, I mean, this is not only an improvement as far as aesthetics go, but functionality as well on a number of levels, both, you know, as, yeah. as far as keeping it out of uh, uh, the rocks and the trees and the branches and stuff like that. Uh, but also, you know, you, you still retain all of the, uh, the factory features and, in, in fact, get some enhanced lighting out of the whole deal. Uh, you know, uh, upgraded reverse lights, uh, the wraparound design. It's really cool. We'll have pictures on our uh, in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. If you want to check them out for yourself, of course, we'll have the link to where you guys can get a set of these for yourself as well. And the thing about it is that nobody else has anything like this. It's it's only mm-hmm. Oracle. And, of course, that's why I believe it is the $400 price tag. Right. I, I will be getting something like this uh, in the future, whether it's the Oracles when, say, the, when the price drops. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, or hopefully by, uh, by some copycat that makes something very well and it, it has a similar type feel. Now, for these, I actually would like to see, and I know, no surprise, uh, more LEDs because they have this huge black <laughs> area where they could have put LEDs in there. I mean, no, that's where the sensor goes, Tony. Uh-uh. I don't, I I like don't need this. the sensor, I need lights. Oh. Yeah, because that, actually, you're right, because that was an option. Right. Uh, it doesn't come standard on the Gladiator. And so if it's not an option, I would agree. They should have a, a non, uh, you know, a non uh, a sensor version to where it's uh, it's got more, you know, reverse lights or something. Maybe an extra strip of, of red LEDs in there just for, you know, grins and giggles. Yeah. But uh, I'm with you, Tony. I'm with you. Now. I, yeah, I forgot about that. It's not a standard option. So... Uh, it shouldn't. They should have uh, two versions of this. I think for for both types of gladiators and JLs. Well, now that you must have a set of flush mounted taillights for your JT or JL, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode five eighteen. Are you uh, appreciating my uh, taillights, or what, what are you looking yes. at there? <laughs> it's taillights. Oh, thank you. Thank God. <laughs> you know, that, that, that brings you back to some of the uh, the Tony and Josh show days where we had a story about a guy who uh, liked taillights a little too much. Oh, jeez. Ooh, I'm sure it came from uh, uh, Rusty Dunn. Dusty <laughs> Runs. No, it was Dusty Runs, wasn't it? Dusty L. Dunn. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, we all brag about what our Jeeps can do and, uh, you know, how capable they are and what, you know, the trail we just ran, you know, all that sort of stuff. But what is something that your Jeep is not good at doing? Uh, So this is going to be one of those things. It might be a little bit of a head scratcher because uh, we all, you know, really think more about what our Jeeps can do and not what they can't do. Um, And so I want to go first because uh, I figured I'll go ahead and and, and, uh, uh, warm the waters up here a little bit for you guys. You know, my Jeep is not not really good at, at, at running right now. Uh, so, uh, my Jeep is very, very bad at idling right now. Uh, it's not very <laughs> good at, at driving at all, uh, because the motor is halfway torn apart. Uh, but, uh, but no, uh, to be honest, uh, my Jeep is not very good in the sand, uh, for whatever reason, uh, whether it be the tires, the way that, uh, the lockers are set up, the axles are set up, uh, gearing, I don't know. Uh, my Jeep just doesn't really like the sand too much. Uh, I, have got to push it too hard. It doesn't really perform that well. And I just, I, I, even though I've had it out in the Oregon dunes, the nation's largest, uh, sand recreation area, it's really not that great out there. So I, I, you know, that, that's for me. You might have a different story. Uh, maybe yours is ice. Uh, maybe yours is going to the grocery store. Maybe yours is sand too. I don't know. We're going to go down the list. We're going to talk to some of our listeners around the campfire tonight. And if you are new to the Jeep Talk Show and don't know what this is all about, well, this is a part of the show where you get to join in on the recording of the show, actually be a part of the Jeep Talk Show. How do you do it? Well, stick around. We'll let you know here in just a little bit. For now, though, I'm going to talk to uh, some of my listeners and go through the list. 
talk with Mike Zen here. Mike Zen is with us tonight. Mike, what is something that your Jeep is not good at doing? I have no idea. Um, I guess flying. <laughs> <fine. laughs> He's saying, I think yeah. he's saying pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I haven't tested it on the sand, so I couldn't say if it does, if it's any good in the sand. But well, there's uh, there's not a situation it. that you stay away from because you know your Jeep isn't uh, going to do well in that situation. No, not really. Oh, that's know, great. I, I like that. Yeah, I, if, I like if, that if, too. If I, if I can go through it, I'll try it. You're <laughs> here. All right. What about Christopher with the WJ? Christopher, something your Jeep's not so good at. at. I haven't done it, but I'm sure it's not as good as a boat. <laughs> <laughs> There's only so deep a water that you can you can go across. Uh, He's yeah, only going to try that once. Yeah, I mean, that, everything you only get I one shot through, at that. Everything I put it through, it's done pretty well. Uh, we have shelf road or not shelf roads, uh, stair steps. They do pretty well. Rocks. Has uh, it been it rained on? Well. Have you had any discoloration on your top whenever it got rained on? Uh, it doesn't have a top. It has a full body. And it's the sunroof doesn't even leak. So Nice. Oh, this is a unicorn. It's, you That's know. right. <laughs> yeah. I've got an XJ Cherokee that had a dealership option sunroof in it. A Cherokee XJ with a sunroof, powered sunroof nonetheless. Very, very rare in the XJ community. Uh, and, uh, and it was installed. It wasn't a factory option. It was only a dealership option, but seamlessly integrated headliner the whole nine yards. It's a, it's a beautiful option. Uh, I've had to rebuild the relay, uh, uh, the relay mechanism on it a couple times, but, uh, but yeah, I love that. Uh, Bob, two cheap Jeep guys with us. Something that your Jeep is not good at doing. Towing, since it's a short wheelbase TJ. Oh, towing. Yes. Yeah, there's a I lot of people. going to. <laughs> I, I thought I said going. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right yeah. up there with me. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, there are certain loads that a Jeep just cannot or should not tow. I mean, pretty much anything outside of a small utility trailer uh, is going to get a little bit tricky unless you really know what you're doing. And of course, I mean, anything long or, or seriously heavy, uh, you better be well-equipped. Trailer brakes, the whole kit and caboodle. Otherwise, you're asking for a no-good, very bad day. Yeah, I'm with you there, Bob. Uh, yeah, towing with a Jeep, that's always a little sketchy. Do you have, Hey, Bob, real quick, do you have a story uh, to share about a, a bad towing experience with your Jeep or somebody else's maybe? No, uh, we were coming out of the mountains, coming back from Moab. It handled the trailer fine. It was just a little too much elevation, a little too fast, and I didn't downshift quite enough. Got a little hot in the brakes. Not as bad mm -hmm. as all the other rigs. Mine still had brakes when everybody else has started failing. All I had oh, to do no. was get out of the way. Oh, dear. Yeah, brake fade is not fun. Uh, mm -hmm. And when you're not expecting it and you've never experienced it before, uh, it, it can be a, uh, as much of a pucker moment as death wobble. Uh, and Absolutely. so, yeah, that is something that, uh, that, that it can, can be very scary. And there's really nothing that you can do, uh, pretty much other than grabbing a, a big handle full of e-brake, uh, possibly and, and starting to slow down that way. Uh, just pumping the brakes, trying to get some air back in underneath the pads a little bit and, uh, and hope to God, uh, that those, uh, those pads and rotors start cooling off a little bit and you get some gas out from underneath those pads. That's what brake fade is. It just, it, things heat up too much. You get. Uh, superheated gas in between the rotor and the pad, and uh, and it basically prevents uh, a full contact between the pad and the rotor, and and essentially you almost lose brakes completely. Uh, and so you can imagine with a trailer coming down a hill uh, and suddenly losing brakes, uh, or you know, ninety percent of your braking power. Uh, that can be very very scary. What about Chris? Chris oh no, a, they boiled their fluid. Oh, boiling the the brake fluid. Yeah, that's that's bad news. That's bad news. Uh, yeah. Chris, Chris, hey, uh, what is something that your Jeep's not good at doing? Uh, well, this last winter, I got it stuck twice in a really wet, uh, heavy uh, snow. Uh, one time I just laid frame. There was nothing I could do about that. But the other time I Neat. made the mistake going into it and four low, fully locked. So, of course, I threw everything I had at it and got stuck and then I couldn't get back out. So... I don't know. Maybe it was just me. Maybe I could have aired down something I could have done different, but uh, that was definitely my the Gladiator's fatal flaw there was it just couldn't get back out of the heavy, deep snow. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's one that will get anybody. 
uh, you get into too too much of a deep snow and uh, and you don't get any flotation with the tires, you're just going to be sitting on your frames. And and yeah. you're pretty much going to have to start stacking something underneath those tires to get some traction to get you back going the way that you were, uh, where you came from, because you're not going to be going forward anymore. Uh, and so, okay. the, you know, the best way is, is to go back through the through the ruts that you created uh, and have in the snow that you've plowed uh, plowed out and plowed down uh, and, and get yourself back into some traction. Yeah, that's 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 one that depending on how your Jeep is set up can uh, can really swallow just about any rig. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you see a nice flat of snow under the body for the 10 or 20 feet that you made it into it, you know, you're screwed. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, oh, jeez. <laughs> trying to break out the floor mats. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Somebody who has a problem with me, uh, it's John Lee here is with us. I, no, I'm, I'm just giving my heart to uh, I ain't got a problem with you, man. It doesn't lock your cigars. Not at all. Uh, John, what's what's something that uh, that your Jeep's not so good at doing? Road trips. Long ones. It doesn't pass gas stations, and it's just not that comfortable on long hop. Especially when you get up in, like, mountain passes. You're constantly at the downshift. I don't have – I'm still running 410s on 35s, so I, I would say road trips. I feel your pain, man. I, I've got, you know, 33s on, on 355 still and, uh, and going up the steep hills. It, it's, you know, sometimes I even got to drop it down in a second. Uh, it's, it's not a lot of fun uh, climbing the big hills. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. The big road trips, climbing up the mountains. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the long distance trips that, that's in my future, uh, going out to like Moab or back to the Rubicon, uh, stuff like that, where I pretty much got to drive my Jeep there, wheel it and drive it back. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Big, long road trips like that. Not so much fun. I'm really, I mean, I think uh, about the only guy who's going to be best equipped for that is going to be uh, Christopher with the WJ. Now, we've had a couple of guys, uh, both Jerry and, and a guy who's here around the campfire site t- uh, tonight, uh, Larry with Jeep and Mo, uh, had uh, drove several thousand miles to come be a part of our, our last Jeep talk show event, which is down in, uh, in Texas at Hidden Falls. Uh, and so these guys <laughs> put on some serious mileage. John, what, what's the longest you've driven with your Jeep? You know? Uh, San Juan Mountains in Colorado. It's about 16, 17 hours away. Um, stop over in New Mexico halfway. And that's why I replaced the hood latches the first time I went. It was because oh, <laughs> yeah. the real thing. I think if I got a strong headwind, I, I was going into third or fourth gear, right? <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it wasn't fun. The mountains were fun. It was just the highways in between weren't as fun. Yeah. Yeah. 16 hours, man. That's, that's a lot of seat time. Uh, my butt's already falling asleep. All right, Larry, Jeep and Bo with us tonight. Uh, Larry, something your Jeep's not so good at doing. So we're just a Sport S, and it's done pretty much everything we've asked it to do up to this point. But I'm pretty much in with John that you get on those long stretches, especially if you're driving across Kansas. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're hoping to make gas station to gas station because we haven't re-geared it yet. But even being a even being a sport without lockers, it's went up and over quite a few of the obstacles there in Texas, and so no, it's done Jeep everything I've asked it to do. Yeah, no, your Jeep performed really well out there uh, on Texas. Uh, you know, speaking firsthand, I mean, you were even part of a pretty big recovery, uh, and uh, and it, even during that, worked out really, really well. Uh, and then, yeah, you drove it down, drove it all the way back. And I can't imagine, uh, you know, the kind of hours that, that that took and, and, and all that. But at least you had a companion with you. You had the dog with you. Uh, yes. And uh, that definitely makes a, makes a big difference. Oh, the dog was commenting, have we come to a stop? Or are we still moving? <laughs> <laughs> are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> he stretched for an hour, about an hour straight once we got home. Oh, I yeah, bet. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's so good to be on my own carpet. Yeah. All right, Steve O. Steve, what's something that your Jeep not so good at doing? Going efficiently. Efficiently. Words, gas <laughs> mileage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any kind of MPGs with, with the Jeeps, it's just not happening, right? Uh, what, are you, get, what are you averaging? Do you know? Well, when I tow, I tow a Boy Scout trailer, and that thing's just a big brick. So, it's, I'm driving a brick towing a center block. Uh, last weekend, I was getting 9.3. Steve, I, I don't want to tell you your job, but you ought to let is, at least as many uh, Boy Scouts that will fit in the Jeep. Uh, get in the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make sure that uh, I don't carry any Scouts because I'm towing that damn trailer. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's, it's painful on the I gas. Bet. I bet. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially towing. Good, goodness great. I mean, my Jeep, uh, I think downhill with a tailwind, I'm only getting about 11 and a half, 12. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel your pain, man. Uh, it's, it's, that's, it's just the nature of the beast. Yep. All right, Bill. Bill A with us tonight. Bill, what kind of Jeep do you have and what's it not so good at doing? Uh, 2018 JL. Um, right now, I'm, I'm real happy with it. But, you know, being a 2018, you know, uh, tracking down the highway straight when I had that aluminum steering box and it was it was pretty uh it was pretty bad i had a pretty bad clunk in the steering wheel when you would go left to right it would actually make a clunking noise so um once i kind of convinced you know uh fca to you know replace that with the, the steel box once they once they put that in that kind of cleared up that issue so i'm i'm mm -hmm. real happy with it now how did that process go about because i figured that they would have just you know, swapped out like for like. Did you have to pay uh, an upgrade fee? I mean, was there arguments? Was there going back and forth? Was there litigation? I mean, how did you how did you get the upgrade? It was rough because I was well beyond the thirty six thousand miles. I had an early twenty eighteen, and uh, so I was at you know probably forty five thousand miles at that point when they announced the TSB, and uh, so I had to go to FCA and I had to you know just be persistent, and just keep going back and forth and sending them videos of how bad it was, you know, with all the looseness and the oh. clunking and, you know, Hey, this is a death trap. I won't let my wife drive it, you know, back and forth. And uh, so finally they, you know, approved it, but then, you know, with uh, COVID going on parts availability. So it took probably six months to, you know, get a hearing box in. And when they got it in, there was a, an aluminum box in a, with the steel part number on it so they had to order the the part oh, again no. i had a, a trip planned to moab i'm like i i was pretty mad at that point i'm like and you know they were like well you know you can rent a jeep and you know take oh, it out yeah. oh my god oh yeah, yeah sure sure yeah on their gonna, dime <laughs> yeah so somehow they they were able to expedite that and two weeks later i got the box in just a, a couple weeks before my trip to moab so but i've been happy nice. ever by the skin of your teeth mm-hmm Hmm. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, quite an ordeal, and and uh, several strongly worded emails. I'm sure <laughs> get FCA and to you know fall in line with you. But uh, but glad you got it all figured out, man. That's a uh, yeah. I mean, one thing that I've heard from I mean so many people over so many years that Jeeps wander. It's just what they do. Uh, a Jeep drive to drive down straight uh, straight down the highway. It's not a real Jeep. So <laughs> that's just how it goes. Uh, Chris, 7slash.com, we gave him some kudos here earlier in the show. Chris is doing a lot for the Jeep Talk Show uh, behind the scenes, and a uh, great guy, and had a chance to meet him re recently. Chris, what's something that your Jeep not so good at doing? Hearing passengers on road trips. I get a lot of <laughs> complaints. I mean, no, I get my kids don't want to go any distance in it, and even oh, uh, okay. even um even my boss, we do a couple, three road trips, four to six hours, uh, one way each year to mm -hmm. various clients. And uh, he just doesn't like to ride in. I, I, I don't mind it. I, I strangely, the seat, uh, the seat feels <laughs> good for driving it. Um, we've got a 2020 Grand Cherokee that we'll take on road trips. And I'm not as comfortable in the Grand Cherokee sitting in it for multiple hours as i am in the jk so really? I, I but it's ca carrying passengers i mean i'm to the point now people just don't want to ride with me that's okay too but <laughs> yeah. yeah when was the last time you had your six foot five frame in the back of that jeep though <laughs> you got a good point there fair fair uh -huh. my, son, my, uh -huh. my son's about six foot now but yeah there you go now, guys like you and me, we don't fit in the back of Jeeps, man. I'm, no. I'm 6'3", you know, it's just I got too much leg and, and too much torso for, for the back seat of a Jeep. Uh, no, it's a, yeah, no, no good for me. Well, I, I so, uh, no, no, no BS. How was it in the back of the Gladiator? I'm just curious. I, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I was concerned when you got in the back if you were going to have enough room and, and everybody says, yeah, I'm fine. But really, how was it? No, it's very good. I mean, you've got the nice tall back, uh, and it's it's you've got some space. So, so the Gladiator definitely different than uh, than a, than a JK. And I, I, I don't, yeah. I haven't. I, maybe a JL's better. The, also, the seat. I, I could, I should buy the seat recline wedges for the JK. That may help. I've talked to some people. They said that yeah. helps. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just just the ride too, and you know, people just don't seem to like it as much as I do. Now, I, you know, to give you that much leg room back there, I did have to have my knees around my ears, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, I, 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We both had plenty of room. Uh, actually, Chris was sitting behind me. He was in the on the passenger side rear of uh, of the Jeep. I was in the passenger side. So, I mean, he didn't even really have to get in the middle, uh, you know, spread out too much or anything like that. Uh, we both had plenty of room for uh, the, what, hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes? Yeah, I think it was drive. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something like that uh, from Hidden Falls back to uh, the Austin airport. So, uh, yeah, and, and as far as, you know, comfort level of me from a passenger uh, in the seat. And, and yeah, I was moved forward. I wasn't completely forward, uh, but I still had plenty of leg room and, and was, you know, plenty comfortable for, uh, for you know, just an hour and a half, you know, 90 minute, hour and 45 minute drive. So, uh, not, not so bad. I, I'm sorry. I have a follow-up question. My wife complains about my driving. Were either one of you, and, and jokes are, are fine here, were either one of you concerned that you were going to make it alive to the airport? No. I think I, I was... I mean, drive pretty much the same way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a couple of times I might have, you know, passed a rig when you just kind of stayed in the lane, but, you know, I, I typically So I was drive driving safer than, than what you would have preferred, is what you're saying for the jury. I just want to make well, sure I, they understand. I, I'm a naturally aggressive driver as it is. I'm oh, not yeah. overly defensive. I, you know, my head's on a swivel all the time. I drive by my mirrors. I'm very well of my surroundings and all of that. Uh, and, you know, I'm, you know, typically driving a vehicle that, that is capable of, you know, stopping relatively quickly and, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I just, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I leave distance. I make sure that I'm not in a pack and, and I've got outs and, and, you know, exit strategies and stuff, contingency plans, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's just, it's just what you do. Um, were you driving Miss Daisy? No. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't scared. I wasn't, you know, I don't even think I grabbed the, the handle once that entire time. Well, I don't even want to say anything, road, but you misgrabbed once. <laughs> misgrabbed. <laughs> well, good. I just want to check it out. I, I, break. <laughs> yeah. I thought about it, but I wouldn't, I forgot to ask you guys. So I, I just now thought about that and I didn't think anybody was scared. There was no, uh, uh, uh no. stops in the conversation, you know, like, <gasps> Or anything that I heard from the back seat. So <laughs> no, there was there was no hard breaking or anything like that. No, it was a very very pleasant trip. Didn't stop short with Josh. Is what you're saying? <laughs> no, it's no fun. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have a. I didn't have an open coffee in my hand either. So it, you know, it wouldn't. Have, oh yeah, that would have been would, good. But much more fun. I would have had a beverage in my lap. All right, James. Getting back on topic. James here uh, with us tonight. James around the campfire. James, what's your Jeep and uh, what's it not so good at doing? Uh, well, I guess I read that it doesn't stop very well. It's a 21392 and they one ton truck stopped better than my Jeep does, I guess. So I got to say that. Really? <laughs> the, yeah. The, the 392 it. isn't designed to stop. It's just well, designed, designed to go forward <laughs> fast. I know. Now, but quick question, yeah. quick question for you, because you're the, you're the only person who I know who has taken delivery of one of these so far. Um, does the 392 yeah. come with a bigger brake package? Or yes, is it, it does. Oh, it does, and it still doesn't yeah, stop. Yeah, it's got it's got it's about 160 feet at zero from 60 to zero. That's not good. And uh, that's not that's really great, slow. I guess. But um, is there a release anchor option uh, that you? Yeah, can- right. <laughs> or, you know, a parachute. He has a parachute. parachute. Yeah, yeah, parachute would be that'd be easier to recover. That's a good one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, parachute. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> But it's fun to drive. I love it. I got oh, a red, yeah. of course, Tony. So it's bright red. So fire engine red. Oh, or fire. What do they yeah. call that? Red, red. <laughs> that is a specific <laughs> red color. <laughs> red, red. Right. Uh, so, James, uh, any any uh, brake upgrades planned? Maybe some EBC pads or uh, upgraded set of rotors or something? Maybe the, you know a pair of those or uh, different calipers? Maybe or maybe what's some the plan? Vented rotors or something maybe would work better. I'm not sure. I'll, do, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. yeah, you'll have to keep us, Possib- keep us posted as to, uh, as to what you find, uh, how much it costs, and how well it performs. Yeah, sure. All right. Wendy, uh, what about you and, and, and Bill's Jeep? Uh, anything that uh, you got to complain about? Well, I, I've talked in the past about our transmission that's a dog that, like you said, mm-hmm. is just you can't mm-hmm. even hardly get up the hill when you're on the highway. But I asked Bill the question tonight, and I said, what do you think? And he goes, Mud. I go, what do you mean mud? It'll go through. He goes, no, the Jeep will not go through the mud because <laughs> he doesn't want to clean it. So, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that would be plenty capable in the mud, but oh, that's not more than capable. Called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's not there's not anything that we couldn't do. I mean, I'm pretty sure we could do some even some severe rock crawling, but I definitely know that that engine, that transmission is a pain in the butt. So that would be something that we've talked about this on the show, but 
It just, you might as well let everybody pass on the mountain road and trying to get up the hill and you don't worry about it. It's like, whatever. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> That's part of owning a Jeep, really. Exactly. Tony, what about Tony, what about you? Uh, now, pick a Jeep. It could be uh, the yeah. TJ, the XJ, uh, or even the uh, the JT. Uh, pick a Jeep, and what's not so good at doing? Well, I, I don't think everybody has this issue. Uh, I've had this issue. I don't think I've mentioned it before. Uh, it runs hot on the highway. So really? It, it, it gets say. It gets a little could hot you elaborate over, on that? over time. <laughs> I've, n- I've never heard this problem. I've, what? I can, I've made a lot of uh, modifications to it, and I can't take it anywhere because... It doesn't. It'll overheat before it gets there. Well, before it gets there. I mean, like an hour is about as far as I can go. That is a darn shame because it's a nice looking rig, and uh, it'd be nice to get it out and uh, and get it places. But you've got a tow rig now, so there's uh, there are some chances for uh, for that thing to see some wheeling here in the near future. Yeah, I think I'm gonna <clears throat> go ahead and order that uh, tow bar. I got to do a couple more measurements to make sure I get the right one to make sure it'll yeah. uh, open wide enough. But I think I'm gonna go ahead and get that. We had a situation the other day uh, where the uh, the hydraulic uh, uh, clutch, what is it? Is that it? Hydraulic clutch, the master slave, slave cylinder. Yeah, one of those things went out in the 2005 uh, TJ, and uh, I had to wind up. Uh, I could have called the AAA, but I really didn't want to use that. I just wound up swapping it out yeah. in the parking lot where my uh, daughter works. Uh, but it would have been really nice if I had had that tow bar. I could have just put it on the back of the the. Uh, uh, JT with the the lights, the brake lights, the magnetic brake lights, and towed it home and worked on it here. But I had all the right tools with me, so it worked out okay. It was a oh. thirty minute job, forty five minute job, maybe not too shabby. Had you done that before? Never. Very good. I mean, I've taken the one off of the TJ whenever I uh, I did the clutch. So I mean, it's it's basically the same oh, okay. thing. There's yeah. just two nuts on the firewall that you got to take off to remove it. Uh, the master. So it, it's all really simple, and once you look at it on YouTube, it's it's you know you know exactly where you're going. Exactly, uh, we're all better off because of YouTube. Well, big thanks out there to Christopher, Bob, Chris, John, Larry, Steve, Bill, uh, Chris with SevenSlats.com, James, and Mike, of course, my uh, co-hosts as well for uh, this great campfire side chat. Now, if you want to join in on the next campfire side chat, well, you can. There's no special VIP access, no pay-to-play, none of that sort of stuff. There's a number of ways that you can get in on the Campfireside Chat. We're doing it every Thursday uh, as we record the show. And uh, if you want to join in, well, uh, all you got to do is follow us on Facebook. Or you can receive notifications via our newsletter. And it's very easy to sign up for the newsletter. And don't worry, we don't sell your information. We don't spam you. It's one email a week. It's all you're going to get from us. And it's chock full of great inside information about what's coming up on the show. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you're going to find a link to click and sign up. Don't worry. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, big thanks again to all the people around the Campfire Side Chat tonight and my co-host. That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure that you found us everywhere we are on the web. Bet you missed at least one. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. All right, got your number two pencil ready? At 3.25 p.m., a Jeep Wrangler left the Rubicon Trail heading south at 47 miles per hour. At 4.32 p.m., a Jeep Cherokee left Moab traveling west at 67 miles per hour. If both Jeeps are trying to make it to Tony's, how many tinfoil hats will Nikki have to go through? The answer is 42. The answer is always 42. (laughs) Podcasting since 2010.